1: Hello and welcome to the 139th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida.
0: And this is Mitch Docker in Minneapolis. Uh, okay, and this is Spencer in Boston. Hey Mitch, how's it going there?
1: In Minneapolis.
0: Hey, this is Mitch Docker. And you're listening. How does this go? <laughs> does this sound uh, Australian?
1: Th- this bit is going woo, just as expected. Um, <laughs> As you can tell, the little guy is not here tonight because he's busy being a brand new daddy. So if we had the soundboard, uh, we would give congratulations to the little guy, Matt Allen and Caitlin for the brand new, wonderful baby, Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin Allen. And we are very <laughs> excited to welcome you to the Slow Ride podcast family. Mm-hmm. We are indeed. So it's going to be... More or less, a, a you know, a little guy could have showed up today, Spencer. Um, oh yeah. But I think I think what it was is that he got the email that we received from. Um,
0: uh, yes, the email. I saw this. You the, think the it email, scared him off? I think it scared
1: him off because <clears throat> okay. we got an email from someone named Godot, kind of mysterious. Godot at AOL.com. So you guys should uh, email. Says, hey guys! In the last episode, you mentioned the Dirty Kansas and questioned why anyone would want to pay money to race in Kansas. We do it because the Dirty Kansas is an epic experience. So it's not all flat, and it has over ten thousand feet of climbing, and it's one of the truly remote areas—no cars, no houses, no telephone poles. It is hard ask, with a f- finish rate really above fifty percent. It is very 100%. well run, and the city of Emporia makes the whole weekend a party. Note: Entry is through Bike Reg. And has been getting sold out faster and faster every year despite increasing the field size. And then he includes some uh, great pictures and excellent podcasts. Keep up the work. Now, the reason Little Guy's not here is because he can't be held accountable. He doesn't want to be held to account for questioning why anyone would want to spend money to go do race to dirty Kansas. Because I'm all about the gravel grinding now. I think I, told, I called you yeah. this weekend, Spencer. I was up at the bike <laughs> shop. You did. Uh, talking to the uh, the mechanics
0: need some tired winter park for, cycles for in for Orlando and and I,
1: that's right I was like hey guys like I've been riding with those guys in the, at the bike shop they were like oh yeah I was like oh, I'll call my boy and get the get the recommendation now little guy he's not gonna pay that kind of money he has to he has to save the money for the college fund the Tom tamboon and tamboon and college fund but these pictures of the ride itself make me almost want to do the dirty Kansas <laughs> would you go to the dirty Kansas Spencer
0: you know what? Um, I I would have normally said no, but I've got a couple of reasons why it could be on the docket. And number one, first and foremost, is that uh, Amanda Nauman might be there, who is a great supporter of our podcast and the Wide Angle Podium in general. Um, and she's pretty rad. So, you know, you could hang out with cool people is basically what I'm trying to say. It's a great social okay. event, right? Number two, and probably the biggest reason... Is, for some reason, I always think the Dirty Kansas, despite being called the Dirty Kansas, is in Nebraska. And I don't want to go to Nebraska. <laughs> but it's not in Nebraska, you guys. Well, we're
1: doing a great job of just <clears throat> slowly throwing Midwestern states under the, um...
0: <laughs> Let's just shift it, yeah, like, since Lopez not gotten... here, we, <laughs> we can... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Little guy hates St. Louis. Yeah. We hates, can push um, that.
0: Let's just push it all into Kansas. Nebraska. And we'll just,
1: we'll just assume Nebraska's involved. Um, yeah. so the pictures look good. Dirty Kansas, I think is one of these events that I wouldn't mind going to. Um, I think there's, I don't know. I'm all about, I'm all about the, uh, the gravel at this point, the so, world famous doc Hollywood invitationals coming up in <laughs> three weeks. So okay. I'm hoping that we can maybe get 30 people there. No, would you, um,
0: would you call that a gravel grinder
1: not at all. It's no. only, uh, so this is the the race out of Micanope, named is after it, the greatest movie ever filmed in north central Florida, Doc Hollywood.
0: Yeah, and, obviously. Um,
1: I would say like 75 miles and then 10 miles around on gravel. So yeah, not a gravel grinder.
0: Okay. All right. Just checking. Um, it's a pavement punisher. Is the follow car a Corvette? Or does he have a, do you have a <laughs> Porsche? I can't remember. I He's have a, a Nissan Versa and it's... it is amazing. <laughs> Is it red though? Yes. Perfect.
1: That'll do. So we had that a uh, great email. Thanks for sending that over at GoDot. Check out Dirty Kanza. Just do some like image searches. There's pretty amazing uh, photos coming out of there. I will say, I don't think I would do the 200 mile. Oh, no. I think I do the 100.
0: I would drop dead at 200 miles? Yeah.
1: No. I, I do the 100.
0: The longest um, ride I've ever done is 117, and I did it with Little Guy. And it was in August, and it was about 100 degrees, and I almost died then. So I wouldn't want to do more than that, for
1: sure. We um, we got another great email from uh, John Marin once again. Uh, I believe he's our Irish listener based out of um, Toronto. And he was talking about uh, – he, he sent over some pictures of some baby onesies, of like okay. Belgian National Championship onesie for Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin Allen. Nice. Um, I think uh, a multini um, one, and then he said, and there's even one, given the pod's obsession with the Team Movie Star kit, and if you click on it, and it goes to um, Amazon, it's a Pedro Delgado uh, um, cycling baby onesie, is what oh, they, uh, they call it. Oh, so, my God. Um, so, pretty stoked on that. So, we'd like to thank uh, John for the email. and We got one other email from uh, Steer Pearson, who, I gotta admit, the amount of people that love this Mitch Docker podcast, you know, he's just <laughs> talking about... All of the different uh, people doing the music, and um, and he and he said and he was talking about uh, Stephen Roach's '87 tour win and how that brought everybody out uh, to, of their box to, uh, to to get into the cycling world. And that he yeah. does not have a VHS uh, player anymore <laughs> in his garage to listen to those great videos that he uh, once had. And then also Daniel Burkhart actually emailed us a while back. And Spencer, this one is straight in your wheelhouse. Okay. Hey guys. I'll read it verbatim. Sup guys. Have you been watching People Pizzato's Instagram stories lately? They're on fire.
0: (laughs) Yes, I have.
1: (laughs) So if you're on Instagram, follow Daniel's lead, follow Spencer's lead, follow Mm -hmm. my lead. Go to People Pizzato, follow, and then just constantly just press refresh and hope (laughs) that the Insta stories have been populated again. Because they are amazing.
0: Oh man, a while ago when it was his birthday, they were epic. Oh, they were so good. I couldn't, uh, he had part of his birthday on a yacht, there was like a dance party, <laughs> it was like a club on the yacht, like light up floor style. It was so very Italian. It was so perfect.
1: Is, is Pizzato like one of those prime candidates that 10 years from now is just going to be broke?
0: Um... I mean, he is, he is in cycling, so, you know, probably, yeah. Well,
1: I'm just like, you know, you always hear about, like, the professional sports athletes, right? That, like, man, they live large for, like, about their 10 years of their peak, and then all of a sudden it's just they're at the car wash, you know, wiping down windows, <laughs> and you're like, oh, man, but it was a glorious 10 years when they were at their peak, you know?
0: I feel like uh, maybe he's, he's, I don't know. I think he's got a plan. I think now, he's got something going on. I don't know what it is, but he's working on something.
1: Were you uh, were you able to get any uh, riding in over the weekend?
0: Oh, uh, I did. I got a pretty good ride uh, up to the coffee shop and back. Um, so, have something. you done?
1: You haven't. You haven't been doing any Zwift, any tr- training on the the turbo, as no. our buddies in the UK would say.
0: No, no compy trainer, no no rollers, no turbo, no Zwift.
1: Whatever. When was the last time you rode a turbo? I'm just gonna start calling it a turbo now.
0: So here's the thing: I moved to Boston about three years ago, about, um, and my trainer still lives in Minneapolis. So <laughs> let's just put it that way.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I I have a um, one of those kicker trainers, like uh-huh. the smart trainers. A lot it's actually pretty decent to ride, and I've only done I've only done one Zwift session, but I've had a lot of people tell me that I got to do some Zwift, but. You know, living in Florida now is the prime time to actually be riding outside because when I go out for bike rides, like a great sixty-five, seventy degrees. Yeah. And Saturday had a um, had a kind of an interesting ride. There was a training crit that uh, one of the local teams like kind of put together. It was like a secret training crit to a uh, suburban development. Okay. That basically the roads have been laid, but there's no houses built yet. So, so
0: it's it's safe to say this is
1: unsanctioned. Complete, like unsanctioned to the point that the the Facebook group itself is secret, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna like meet up in two different parts, and then we'll ride to the facility together." Because it right. it's it's kind of in the center of the city, more or less, and it's a pretty cool, like maybe half a mile circuit with a bunch of tight turns and an a- and a pretty decent hill. Like there's a okay. there's a little hill, it's kind of on the slope of a lake. It was a pretty cool event. Everyone like chipped in the five bucks to do. There's maybe like twenty five people at the start line. And you know me being the king of turns uh-huh. that that this was just right at my wheelhouse, right? Like this was
0: Yeah, it's like you and the SS Minnow turned like a notoriety, you know, you have turning yeah. notoriety. I mean as I'm as I'm on
1: the start line, guys looking around and they're looking at me going, Oh man, mark that guy and um and by mark that guy more like stay away from that guy because he's going to open up a giant gap on the right in yeah technical turns now i'll say this there are some guys down here that can move that have some good crit skills and i lasted the first lap and then i kind of was in a second group with maybe like three or four other folks that also got dropped later so okay. I mean, it was decent, but I stopped about halfway through, like 25 so, minutes of hard effort, and I was like, "Okay, guys, I'm done." And they kept racing, and they were attacking each other left and right. It was maybe like, it was, I mean, it's decent. So, but
0: is this uh, is this along the lines of the old uh, <laughs> training crits we had in Minneapolis on Tuesday nights? That uh, you know, if you get dropped, you just sort of sit up and hang out and wait for the pack to come back around and and jump back in, and you know. So I would have done that, mixed it up.
1: There were so many turns that, like, I was afraid I was going to crash everybody out. Like, I mean, I'm admitting here that...
0: You're rusty. You haven't been racing.
1: I've never been good at turns, unless it's to the left on the track where it turns for you, right? That's why I was an okay track racer, because all I had to do was lean. I didn't have to, like, somehow figure out, like, apexes and whatnot. But anyways, long story short, the the ride on Saturday was a complete bust, but I was able to manage... um, Thanks to some friends leading me out the, uh, the neighborhood KOM on Strava that I have Ah. targeted for some time and they gave me a nice lead out. So I got the, I got the, I'm the king of the hood on the one. So I think that the most important Strava segments are the ones that people ride all the time anyway. And they don't even know they're on a segment, Right. right? Like, the one that's usually at the end of the ride and everyone's just kind of coasting through. And then you look and you're like, you've ridden this segment 800 times. And you're like, oh, man, who's got the KOM? Oh, that guy. So, yeah, I made an effort. That felt pretty good. And the guy I took it from, I felt kind of bad. He, like, totally noticed. He's like, I see what you guys were doing yesterday. Because there was a couple <laughs> of other KOMs that we were all trying to get. And then I, the best thing about taking someone's KOM is the email that they get when they lose it. Because it's yeah. like, congrats, like, ooh, watch out. Tim took your kom, and I was like, "Ha!" Huh.
0: You know, I so, got yeah. one of those the other day. I got it; it was a few months ago, I guess. But uh, I, I created one in the um, in some mountain bike trails that we have just outside of Boston uh, in the Blue Hills area because I wanted—I had never created a segment before, and I wanted to name it after you. Told me there was a, a segment or a trail or something down in Florida called the Hedgehog Hustle. I decided that I needed to have a segment that I owned called the Hedgehog Hustle. So I created it and then I went balls out for it until it was mine. And somebody finally stole it from me like two years later. Oh,
1: you're going to have to go get it back. I know. Or you create a new segment called the Tortoise Tumble.
0: (laughs) Mountain bike names for (laughs) for trails and stuff are really the best, I got to say. And
1: then – Sunday I had another quick ride, and I got to admit, the Sunday ride is uh, one of my favorites. It's They originally dubbed it the Panera ride because it left from a Panera bakery, but I call it the Pantera ride because it's, it's awesome and fast and hard and just like Pantera.
0: Because you have to and,
1: walk a lot. And there you go. And so I got to admit, the ride was a little weird because there's this one guy, pretty strong dude, kind of new to the area, so I don't think he understood that. For the most part, we stop at red lights on this ride. Like, so there'd be like 30 of us coming to a fairly complete stop. And then he would just take the left at the light to do like the turn into the oncoming traffic lane to then cut over. Like, um, basically while everyone else is stopping, he was just kind of rolling through everything. I don't. Sure. And then I learned later that he's from Miami and then I remember that's how they roll in Miami. There's, like, stoplights are just suggestions down there because there's so much traffic. Where here, like, the culture is a little bit different. And it got me to thinking, like, one of the most important things when you're out there in, like, a bike race or a ride or, like, when you're training is, like, you you know, you, you try not to, like, mess it up for everybody else. Or like, Yeah. No, that's true. Case in point. Like, and what I mean by that is, like, let's say there's a double pace line. Well, if everyone's pulling through on the pace line, then you should probably just pull through and then get in the the line you're not the guy that pulls through and then stays on the front for 2 minutes and then pulls over like unless there's you know yeah you don't want to be the, the first guy to do that i well, guess yeah yeah so
0: i mean pace lines even if you don't know how to do one or you've never done it before the easiest thing to do is watch what everybody else is doing and just sort of do that like if if they're sitting on the front for you know, 10 seconds at a time, like, just roll through the front, pull over, roll back. Don't, you know, don't go off the front, all that stuff. But I think your bigger point is don't mess up the whole, like, ride for other other groups that could be riding this route, right?
1: I guess I'm not the strongest guy in the, the world. And this guy's definitely stronger than me. And like I said, nice dude. But his, like, first time I've ever ridden with him on the scene was, like, the very first interaction I had with him was him running a red light. And I was like... Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs>
0: like, well, and nice. that's the thing where, like, if the county sheriff decides that your like group rides are the problem, <laughs> then all of a sudden it does screw it up for everybody, you know. Like, you so you gotta yeah. have that that sense of awareness. Uh, well, again, especially on your first time on the ride, like.
1: Well, we've insane. talked about this before, though. That I'm a, I don't stop it. I don't wait till the red light turns green if I'm yeah. like by myself or with a couple of riders and there's like no cars around and like if I can proceed safely, that's fine. But if I'm, I don't want if I'm with a bigger group, I'm not <laughs> the one to go through oh, yeah. the red light because I don't want the disdain of all my friends that are on the ride going like, "Damn it, so, Tim, why are you running the red light?"
0: <laughs> what what's the cutoff? What size group can get away with like the Six. everybody stops, full stop, foot down, no traffic coming, let's cross the street.
1: I think like six, you can pull that off. But if you have more than six and you're at like an intersection where the light is red and there are cars around, you've got to wait till the light at least turns and then you can all proceed through the cycle. Mm Because some of the rides down here, there'll be like 60 people on it and the light will turn red by the time the people in the back of the pack are through the intersection. And I'm not an advocate for splitting the group once it starts proceeding through the intersection. Um, When I was in Chicago – uh, with triple x racing they used to stop like if you if the light was red by the time you got to it and there'd be like a hundred people on the ride everyone stopped and you were like whoa then the ride took forever
0: yeah
1: um so at that I, point I think like six to be two rides i think if you yeah. have like six people or so you can um you can kind of proceed with a little bit more of like that uh kind of idaho stop style right like you get to the stop yeah. sign you roll it Um, if you get to the red light, you just maybe put your foot down. You just make sure there's no traffic that you're going to impede or anything. Right. That's fine. But, um,
0: yeah, I think six is a pretty good number. That's kind of what I was thinking in my head. Yeah.
1: So a friend of mine on the, uh, of, uh, a friend of mine I ride with uh, a guy named Joey, he was telling me about his, uh, his mountain bike experience a couple of weeks ago. It was like cold weather and he was up in like, um, Santos uh, the okay. mountain bike trail. And it was like, you know, like 40 degrees or I'm pretty sure it was a couple weeks ago. And he was out riding with a guy that he was like, you know, following on the trail. And the guy reaches into his back pocket and just pulls out like a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit and just starts eating
0: it. Wait, what? Right?
1: Like, like <laughs> the guy's riding and he's hungry. So he reaches into his back pocket and pulls out a Thinking, chicken biscuit.
0: You're expecting like, cliff bar. You're expecting yeah, yeah. like shot blocks. But it's a chicken biscuit. And... And my
1: buddy Joey like goes up to him, is like, "Hey, is that a chicken biscuit?" And uh, the guy's like, "Yeah." And then upon further um, <laughs> inspection, Joey sees that the chicken biscuit was wrapped in foil, uh-huh. but inside the foil, on both sides of the chicken biscuit bun, were hand warmers that were like shake it up and then oh, put no. next to the bun uh-huh. to keep it warm.
0: No. No. So you could have a warm sandwich on the ride. So you could
1: have a warm sandwich on the ride. And this is probably the most brilliant idea I've ever heard of. So so this is the recipe. Know.
0: I don't know if I qualify that as brilliant. Oh.
1: So you take the tin foil, right?
0: Yeah.
1: This is Joey's recipe for success. You take the tin foil. Okay. You get a hand warmer, you put it down. But you shake it up so it's nice and it's starting to it's starting to go, right? And then yeah. you get a chicken biscuit. And you take the chicken biscuit and you put it on top of the hand warmer. Then you get another hand warmer, put that on top of the other side, and then you wrap it all up in foil, and voila. You have your own personal oven in the back of your uh, jersey pocket to keep that tender chicken biscuit or chickless patty, depending on what you want, uh,
0: warm. And I think it's a brilliant idea. I mean, it sounds good, but I don't know that a Chick-fil-A sandwich... Is what I want mid-ride, like, during active riding. What about, you know, like, I
1: mean, a McMuffin? What about, like, a, you know, I or a,
0: what, I mean, I'm not
1: saying there's got to be a Chick-fil-A biscuit. It doesn't need to be a fast food biscuit. Just like you a bagel with
0: lox, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, what about a Pop-Tart? Pop-tart I mean, you, could, yeah. you know, you get, like, a nice brown cinnamon and sugar Pop-Tart. Now,
0: okay, so now, L- little guy now could you've get got some, my attention. Little guy could thinking, get some of
1: those biscuits from uh, Dan Craven. Maybe heat them up a little bit. I don't know.
0: Those are rusks. I don't know if it's getting hot or not. Um, But, yeah, I'm thinking now I'm thinking on my commute into work, about three quarters the way there, you know, you start like, ah, man, I didn't didn't really eat. I only had coffee for breakfast. This isn't good. You get that rumble, a nice hot Pop-Tart. I might really do the trick.
1: I know. And the best part is, let's say you're out on the ride, right? Uh And you're like, whatever, I'm just going to wear my mittens. No big deal. Then you take off your mittens, <laughs> reach back for that uh, uh, Pop-Tart. And then you're like, man, my hands are kind of chilly. Oh, good thing I have my own personal oven in here. And then you can take that hand warmer, put it back in your mitten while you're eating the warm Pop-Tart or biscuit.
0: Yeah. Are your hands going to smell like Chick-fil-A later. But I guess yeah, you know, I don't think it has to be Chick Fil
1: A again. I, you know, I don't think we've got to get caught on the Chick Fil A no, here th- because we're I in the South. I think we
0: have to get caught on the Chick Fil A. I think Chick Fil A is a big part of this story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm
1: not. I'm not one to cast stereotypes, but it was probably a pretty, like, pretty good sized dude let's as just, well that was like let's throwing call down him a, chick- a
0: mountain biker. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's okay. He wasn't a roadie. Let's just put it like that. You yeah. know what? He speaking probably of... didn't have
1: pockets in the back of his jersey. It was probably in his backpack.
0: Oh, all right. So speaking of uh, roadies and mountain biking, I uh, I think I have a segue here. All right, let's do it. I heard a story recently of some roadies that were going to go on a mountain bike trip, and I'm curious to know if this is going to end well for them. Because uh, we, as we know, roadies don't tend to have uh, the best handling skills off-road. These I... roadies. Oh, yeah. These roadies can lay down the Watts like any good masters racer should be able to. Um, I'm of course talking about the band, the band that's getting back together.
1: The band is getting back together. Not just on a mountain bike trip. The band is getting back together at the greatest festival. It's like the Minnesota state fair of mountain bike festivals. Okay. And of course the band, the one and only the Lance and the Armstrongs are returning to the competitive circuit. Uh, huh. and, uh, Four of them throwing down at the twenty-four hours of Old Pueblo, and it's going to be Lance Armstrong. Yep. It's going to be Christian vandevelde, Yep. It's going to be Dylan Casey. Is that
0: I have the guy's no. Name? I have no idea. And the fourth guy, I'm trying to remember
1: what loyal lieutenant is going to be taking the second lap of the group.
0: Well, uh, that would be a friend of the pod, George Hincapie. That would be
1: George Hincapie, and. I think George Hencappy needs to come on the podcast to actually discuss their plan of action. Like, are they going to go out hard? Are they going to go for the win? Or are they just going for the uh, the festival aspect?
0: Uh, I mean, they have to be going for the win, right? Like, <laughs> because, because if they win, it's a great story. If they don't win, ah, we're just a bunch of roadies. We're just messing around, you know? Like, it's a win-win situation for them, uh, any which way it breaks. It's a...
1: Yeah, I... How do you feel about this? How do you feel about it with them getting back together? Um, I'm looking at the Vela News article, and they're talking about the uh, Armstrong gets, back, uh, gets banned back together for Old Pueblo. Dylan Casey is the fourth rider, all four U.S. postal numbers, and they're going to be doing the what looks to be the 24-hour race oh. itself.
0: Okay, so I take it back. They're not going to win. 24 hour races. I don't know if our roadie and cyclocross fans really understand 24 hour races, but you can't just go into those willy nilly.
1: Oh, I trained hard for mine. That was it, like, the guy, yeah. that was a couple of months just to do it.
0: So, I, you, well, you need more than the training, you need a strategy, right? Like, you need to know who's going to do night laps, how many laps you're each going to do. You're going to have to, like, you know, oh, you think? On sleeping okay. schedules and all kinds of weird stuff that you just now don't think like. Oh, Here, I'm pretty sure we so can cool. figure
1: out who's gonna do the night laps. Ready? Okay not Lance Armstrong, not George Hencapi. Go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So you're sending the other ones oh, <laughs> into yeah. the into the
1: Le- Lance belly is getting the, the first lap. Lance is getting the last lap, and he's probably gonna find a way to finagle the all important sunrise lap, because that's like the most important lap out there. Okay. And then George hincappy will like get a like couple of other decent laps now i am surprisingly okay with them getting together to go do this race
0: okay so that's interesting i i'm surprisingly
1: like i don't really care at all and i'm kind of like all right whatever it's just four dudes going to ride and it fits the 24-hour mountain bike thing i yeah they're the doping has existed but i'm just surprisingly Okay. okay with it
0: so here's here's where i'm at like Doping in cycling is a thing that has happened for as long as we've been fans and and before. You know, like, who even knows how far exactly back systematic, like, really out of control doping goes. People have done it. People have been busted. People are kicked out. People are probably still doing it. Those people, nobody was just uh, a track and field athlete and was like, Ah, you know what? I could take a bunch of drugs and be a rich cyclist. That'd be great. Like, the people that end up at the professional level in doping are usually, like, really love cycling, right? And so it sucks when somebody gets banned for life. Although, that's totally fair. I think they probably (laughs) should. But I don't think that means they can ever ride a bicycle again. You know what I mean?
1: Like That's why, like, I think that this is the perfect event. Like, I don't know. I just, whatever, it's... It's I w- four I friends want, going to, to like ride them, mountain bikes together. Right. I don't, I don't see them taking away a bunch of money from the people that are there, and I don't okay, feel so that that's, they're.
0: That's my second point: is I don't mind if they ride bikes. I don't mind if they race bikes. I don't want them to win any money. Like if they, if they're at an event that pays out, forfeit that. Like, well,
1: sure, maybe they will. Right? Maybe this is like they're going to donate it to charity or something, um, or they're going to be like, "Hey, here you go, Dylan." That would
0: be great. <laughs> Yeah, here you go Dylan. Nobody's heard of you. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or I mean, I guess that the I don't have a I'm surprisingly okay with it because it's a 24-hour mountain bike race. Um yeah. if it was like a local crit, I'd be like whatever, you guys can go do the local crit. I It's just if you take it to that next level up where you're starting to I, go with think, people's livelihoods, that's when I'm going to start having some I think what you're issues. trying to
0: say and what we're both thinking deep down Is at least it's not Levi doing a grand fondo, like making a bunch of money off cycling. Still, like, well, they're like ride your bike, race your bike, but don't make a ton of money off it. That's that's what I want. Well, and
1: it's uh, also that they're just going to do their. I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of marketing thing that's going to take place here.
0: Well, sure, but but it seems
1: maybe there's just some genuine like four dudes wanting to go ride, and it's got to be somewhat cathartic. It's kind of weird that Christian Vanderfeld is. I don't know. Like, I was a little surprised that Vanville did it because I, I thought he was kind of a little bit separate from
0: Lance yeah, post, nice post-doping because he's got
1: that NBC gig, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. I thought that he was kind of like taking a step yeah. back. So, and,
0: and speaking of know? Levi, where's Levi? How come he didn't make the team? What's up? Didn't he no, he's do on the Rabobank team
1: with He's mm-hmm. on the Robo-Bag team with Bougard and uh, uh, you know, okay. other— Okay, he's
0: got a rival. I see. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, this is cool. This is better than even the Leadville stuff, all that, like— it's better than guys like Levi now, throwing a Grand Fondo, making a bunch of money. Like, what's the likelihood, they have? Though, our should go do Grand Fondo New York and protest Grand Fondo Levi. You know, like
1: yeah, go to Grand Fondo New York over the Levi Grand Fondo for sure. For but sure. do you think that there's? Um, what's the chance that uh, that good old Floyd and uh, oh. Zabriskie hanging out, probably uh-huh. smoking a joint,
0: uh-huh. sitting well, there going,
1: yeah. "Hey man, did you see uh Lance is getting the band back together. Uh, do you guys want to? We should We should totally go to 24 Hours Old Pueblo. And then they now, show up. So who you would think, be numbers three and four on that team? So you've got Oh, I've got, I've got and number three whiskey. already. Who?
0: For sure. For sure it's Tyler Hamilton.
1: Okay. So you got Tyler. <laughs> yeah. So who's like the fourth guy that like. <laughs> who's no, the, the, who's Frankie the Dylan Andrea? Casey
0: over there.
1: team? <laughs> it
0: could be Frankie. That could work okay. out.
1: So who would be the fourth of that? Because that would be a showdown of showdowns.
0: Now, if now Dale really, Casey is probably here's, pretty here's fast and a
1: decent dude, so we're just oh totally yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: no I know. Here's the. But thing. he's
1: definitely the Ringo slash Paul Pete Best of this group.
0: <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. Here's the thing: they go with Frankie and Dreo if they really actually want to win, right? Yeah. But if they just want to mess with Lance's mind, which I kind of feel like Floyd and Dave would want to do. I don't I know what it is. They're gonna go for Greg Lamond.
1: No, 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 no. They're not gonna go for Greg Lamond. I oh, your build up, Spencer. I got it. Okay, what? Floyd Floyd, Dave yeah. Zabriskie
0: Yeah.
1: Um Tyler Hamilton. Yeah. And then to really mess with Lance's mind, they go with yeah. the next Lance Armstrong, Tom Danielson.
0: That's pretty good too. That's pretty good too. He's more of a ringer though, I think.
1: He's more of a ringer and doesn't really fit the mold of. Uh, yeah, they got to get Greg Lamont on there.
0: Greg Lamont could be great. He's. I mean, he's back in the news. He's back in the news, and you
1: know, <laughs> back in the news because of another lawsuit.
0: Yeah, I, not not I, in a good way. I didn't. I didn't mean that. How many? I'm. Li- I've lost count. The, know what This is at. a
1: lot of lawsuits.
0: The man, and yeah, the, a lot the of lawyers business, in Minneapolis uh, are like frothing at the mouth when he comes to town. <laughs>
1: Well, but there seems to be, like, the personal lawsuits, right? Maybe. But then they're all, like, business-related. You got the Trek lawsuit. You've yeah. got
0: this Would most recent... Reason- you, like, feel bad for him. When you're like, dude, he's getting yeah. screwed. What the fuck? Screw yeah. Trek. Like, Yeah, yeah. You know, and blah, you're blah, like, blah, oh,
1: blah. whatever. He's getting thrown another bus. Like, sue him, okay? But then he had the whole, like, housing complex out in Montana. Remember that? Like, where it was, like, the housing development. And it was going to be um, where he invested a ton of money into, like, oh, you can buy a summer home and live yeah. next to all, like, the pro athletes. You got that. That one That one was through for a while. And now you got this most recent one we that said, has to do – We said a
0: few others. Yeah. You
1: got the carbon fiber-like thing that's happening now out of Tennessee, which is the most recent. And this mm-hmm. one's crazy because they have recorded phone calls. And then they're like, oh, they recorded the phone call illegally. And then they're like – then the Lamont side is like, no, it's a company phone. Like, we have the right to record our own conversation. Like, that one yeah. –
0: That's going to be a mess.
1: I mean, there's a lot of other lawsuits, but then there's other weird, like, business dealings that the Lamont has had. Like, remember when they took over Time USA distribution for, like, three months?
0: Yeah, maybe less than that. Yeah. So they did that. There's stuff with the trainers. Like, there's all kinds of weirdness. Like, I get the feeling that Greg was a great uh, cyclist and a great dude. Like, I've met him. He's a nice guy. He's a super nice dude maybe the nicest dude and that's why he's bad at business but he's yeah maybe not maybe not a great businessman you know maybe just stick to like i don't know real estate or something like small time though you know well
1: it's pretty well known that i want to open a hot dog stand at some point in my life Um, oh yeah obviously i you know i think that's the dream for most of us so like maybe i'll call up uh hey greg nice nice to meet you again i met you at the 2008 Minnesota Bicycle um, Show at the Minnesota, Minneapolis Convention Center. You may not remember me, but um, I got your autograph. Uh, I'm thinking of opening a, a wiener shop. Um, could <laughs> could you uh, help out? Like, hey, yeah, here's a million bucks. Yeah, that's my. You'd, idea.
0: Have, you'd have a hell of a wiener stand. I, tell I probably, you
1: what. probably need to work on my pitch.
0: Yeah, elevator so, pitch.
1: It is, is it is point. weird that. I mean I I wish nothing but the best to Greg Lamont, but it yeah. is a little um a little, a I little don't even strange under, Yeah, that, I um, don't
0: even understand it all, but uh he doesn't seem good with money. But speaking of good with money, you know who's also terrible with money?
1: <laughs> Me?
0: <laughs> yeah. Both of us. Because it's time for us to do some advertising. It's a pre map. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Live Podcast.
1: And like the pre at this week's Criterium, I'm already off the back. Spencer, what am I not racing for this week?
0: <laughs> well, Tim, that's all right. Uh, you're off the back. That means the officials aren't watching carefully for the cross traffic and things. And life gets a little hairy. And uh, you might need some life insurance. So we're going to race for uh, Health IQ.
1: Health IQ. And if you're riding 50 miles a week, you can get save a significant amount of money on your health insurance by going to healthiq.com slash slow ride to learn more. But basically, they hook you up with a quick little survey. You answer some emails, and you're going to get nice saving on health insurance. We all need health insurance. Yeah. So, uh, so
0: this, is, this is the thing. You just go in. You put in your name. You know, yeah, I ride this much um they're gonna give you a call they're gonna send you an email they can send you a text however you want to do it they'll get in touch with you and uh let you know how much they can save you and there's quizzes like uh, tim alluded to on the website uh you can do cycling if you're interested in other sports and things you can do those ones weightlifting crossfit stuff like all that stuff's on there whatever your strength is you know if you're a person that's uh working out and doing being fit and not being a sloth on the couch like they can save you money and uh it's pretty much a win-win situation uh so check it out i mean what do you got to lose you can always say no there's you're not signing up for anything yeah. um check it out and you'll be the smartest guy around um
1: and you'll be you'll be off the front <laughs> <laughs> you will be off the front or like I'd like to say off the back but, but off the front before they lap you
0: that's true. You do you go off the back, but then all of a sudden, you're magically off the front for a little while until you're off the back again.
1: And if you can time it like friend of the podcast, Derek Lewis, did all those years ago for the Ninja premiums, it looks really, really good. So look for the cameras and make sure you're always in front of the Peloton at that moment.
0: Yeah. You got to know where the cameraman is. Um, because and so our, our hypothetical cameraman in this uh, situation is com <laughs> slash slow ride. Um, Give it a click, punch it in the old web browser, uh, hit submit. It really helps us out. It shows them that you guys are listening and paying attention, and their ad dollars are working. so that's awesome.
1: yeah, and uh, we'd also like to thank all of the other all of the members of the wide angle podium network um, mm-hmm. for um, donations starting at five dollars a month. You get a um a variety of cool things, well. and you can support all of the shows, including two new shows that are coming on the network. Spencer, oh, yeah. What are these two new shows?
0: So, there's two shows. Yeah, uh, we're launching here this spring. I don't have an exact timeline, but they will be fairly soon. Uh, number one is the Dirtfield uh, Recordings, uh, which will be Lindsey Bayer, um, who is a uh, professional cyclist uh, in the U.S. here um, and team owner of the Hoggins Berman uh, Spearmint. Team Superman, team. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would say Spearmint, but I mean Superman. I swear. Uh, anyway, uh, she just had an interview on Crosshairs Radio. That's pretty amazing. I listened
1: um, to it. I listened to the new one today.
0: Yeah, the new one's good too. The original one uh, really, really gets into some stuff and makes me very excited. It was kind of the impetus for it, the whole idea. But she's gonna, you know, talk to people uh, in the race scene on the you know, the, what do you call it, traveling circus that is professional cycling in the U.S., and uh, I have a lot of high hopes for how, how that's, that's going to be kind of an inside the Peloton type show. It's going to be rad.
1: I'm very excited for that one, too.
0: Yeah, and the second one is going to be called uh, How to Race Bikes. Um, it's going to feature me and Bill from Crosshairs Radio. Uh, we're going to do in-depth, really deep dive nerd stuff. About bikes.
1: Can I be an expert on how to pin numbers?
0: No, but that could, we could do an episode on that. Like, Uh. basically we're going to look at the rules. We're going to look at the, you know, the, how to do things like, um, for, for promoters, for racers, for fans, like, you know, what, why, why is a pit the way it is in cyclocross? Like what, how do you do, how do you set it up the best as a promoter how do you function in it as a racer? Like, really, really getting in depth in these things. Like, upgrade points. How do they work? Why are they the way they are? Or like, when can I upgrade? When should I upgrade?
1: Can I just tell you what's wrong with them?
0: <clears throat> no, that's more uh, of an opinion. This will be a little okay. more of a fact based show. Ah, uh, what kind of facts? But that's, you know, that's all to be determined. We'll see how it goes. We haven't recorded an episode yet, but we have uh, plans to soon.
1: So I'm excited about all those, so you can go to WideAnglePodium.com, learn about those shows and other new ones, and the existing shows on the network. For fuck's sake, kid, this is Adam Fucking and Myosin, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. The preseason is underway... And the world is a buzz, and by world I mean the island continent of Australia, because homeboy Richie Port took the win, and now people are already saying Tour de France victory on the way. Which I want to remind people: the Vikings were also five and zero at the start of the year, and they didn't even make the playoffs.
0: Ah, uh, the Minnesota Ah, uh, I yes. see. I see. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I thought you were gonna. I thought originally you were going something about the Vikings discovered America, but Chris Columbus gets all the credit, or. Something weird like that.
1: So, Richie Port takes the (laughs) win. People get all excited. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I'm more excited about Louis Leon Sanchez in a solid 16th place at the Tour Down Under.
0: That's a solid uh, result for him.
1: Do we need to care at all about this?
0: No. So, we don't. Um, What I do want to say is, are you surprised at all by Richie Port winning this?
1: No, because it's completely rigged. It's like Lance Armstrong winning the Tour to Georgia. Yeah. I'm okay. sure some people like uh, paid some some things off, and before you know it, Richie Port's the winner. You oh, got that? Wait, ki- wait. Who's who's I the uh, wanna, sprinter? Who's the Australian oh, uh, sprinter uh, that's putting uh, his head uh, almost on top of his t- front wheel? Did you see that?
0: That's uh, so Robbie McEwen, or are you No, about not the, Robbie McEwen. No, Alan no, no. Alan Davis. No, the, no, the new, about ooh, Davis? Huh.
1: name from the past. <laughs> yeah. I like it. But um,
0: there's no, been a lot of uh, Australian sprinters that have that move, so.
1: Yeah, but that the head way over the front handlebars like that, that close, like
0: <laughs> uh, nose of the grindstone, as it were.
1: Yeah, um, there you go. Pretty insane. So, so
0: there was the turn down under. Yeah, it happens. It's a little bit preseason, I guess. I maybe it's unfair to say that our Australian fans probably think it's really cool. Um, the weather's great. You get the baby kangaroos, so that's all good. But there was some exciting Australian racing happening. Did you see this? You know I, I saw
1: it, and I wasn't the only. I mean, Katusha saw it. Katusha yeah. Alpician were there. They were like, they were part, kind of participating.
0: So this is a world tour event.
1: It's pretty close to a world tour event. In fact, okay. it's the only world tour event in Australia that I would pay money to go watch.
0: I I agree. I'm in 100% agreement. And of course, we're talking about the uh, car park hill climb. I don't know the official name of.
1: I got it here. The VTWO Cycling Tips Car Park Climb was Saturday night.
0: I don't know why I couldn't remember that name. And
1: thousands went. And there's pictures on Cycling Tips. The course was 550 meters long, and it basically went up five levels of a parking garage. Which is
0: incredible. What a great idea.
1: Riders were getting sent out two, two up. So it was like a two uphill sprint, I guess, more or less. Okay. And um, yeah. there's quite a few nice crashes on the uh, slick concrete that you would find inside of a parking garage.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But what was more impressive are the, pic- <coughs> are the pictures uh-huh. and the thousands of people on the side of the of the parking it was, garage. It must have been it louder was, than all get out.
0: Yeah, the photos are incredible. Like, they, you talk about, like, these cycle cross races being lined three people deep uh, in Belgium – uh, they're doing that in parking garages in Australia, guys. It's not that impressive. So, so
1: in looking at this, Spencer, I think that there's there's complete mistakes in the bikes people were bringing. People well, so were riding road thing. bikes. And no,
0: no, I I saw some fixed gears. I saw some road yeah,
1: bikes. No, there were some fixed gears, but the key is on this. You don't you don't bring okay. drop bars to something like this. You have riser bars on this. This is riser Rise. bars and like. 28 slicks maybe 32s you need to have a little bit of tire contact you got to have it's just like that red bull mini drone thing you got to have the flat bars to get those tight turns
0: what uh, do you think they allowed flat bars or bullhorns or anything like that
1: i'm seeing pictures of flat bars
0: are you okay yeah Yeah. I, i i don't think i personally would have went with flat bars i may have went uh i may have went bullhorn if possible but uh you know. there's,
1: there's some flat bar fixed gears. I, I think, you know, and I don't even think a fixed gear is really that much of a disadvantage, to be honest in this. But no. what's it's impressive not. is that some professional bike participants were in the event <laughs> from uh, Katusha, Katusha Alpician, yeah. which,
0: you know. Like we, we've done a lot of bagging on that team, uh, you know, on this podcast. And rightfully so, they have earned it um, as an organization uh, at the top level. But Angel, Angel
1: Vecisio, and Jose Goncalves, Gon, Goncalves of Katusha Alpichon yeah. showed up. Pretty Nailed awesome.
0: It. Nailed like, it. Like, a lot of respect um, for them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's awesome to know that even though a team sucks and uh, like management <laughs> sucks and they're like, kind of shady and the sponsor sucks and you don't want to like anything about it, the riders are still riders, and they like riding bikes, and they do weird shit like this, and that's awesome. Uh, so props to them. Yeah, they're posing for, for photos and
1: everything. It's pretty cool to see them out there. But and then the other cool part about Tour Down Under um, is that the Tour Down Under is where uh, we get the unveiling of the goodies, right? Like for the year, like people are like, "Oh, did you see? Did you see? You know, the new helmets. Did you see that new gold bike?" for oh, BMC did for did
0: you see the power yeah. meter oh, that did so you, so team oh, is did using? you see
1: that new uh, Shimano Dura-Ace 9800 group you know oh. and, and all that and did you see the dongle on the back of the Shimano
0: uh <laughs> so superfly
1: so that gets to the next part 54 Spencer 54
0: tooth titanium <laughs> dill rod you know
1: <laughs> the titanium dill rod so yeah, this gets so into the next that's a bike level. part a
0: lot of people don't know about but it is critical <laughs>
1: Yeah, too bad little guy's not here to tell us how many rods he has. but um,
0: Let's get a basement full of them. I got to
1: admit, the ugliest helmet for 2017, I saw it. Okay, Uh, yeah? It's that MET helmet, the MET helmet, the MET. Okay. So ugly. I haven't seen it. I'll have to Google it. It's just that the Arrow, like any of these Arrow helmets just drive me nuts already. And, um...
0: So... Yeah. Everything about just I'm, I'm with you. The arrow, the arrow helmet is a trend that I wish would go away, and it's clearly not going to. It's been it's been pushed so far now that the non arrow helmets look like arrow helmets did maybe five years ago. You know, but the positive, if if you want to be an optimist, glass half full kind of cycling fan, the thing that you can take away from aero helmets that's great. Is there so much more area for custom airbrushing?
1: <laughs> True, custom hair, airbrushing um, painting—that yep. Th- that is right. But uh, just usually
0: so, that stuff comes out around the grand tours. I'm I'm guessing you didn't see much of that at the the preseason uh, classic uh, it's, tour down under.
1: So the if, if people are looking for the helmet I'm talking about, it's the Met helmet. It's being worn by Dimension Data, and yeah, not a lot of airbrushing. And it's not even just the Aero helmet nature. It's just the regular helmet I'm not a fan of. I don't know. Whatever happened to a good old fashioned, uh, you know, styrofoam uh, lid? The helmet <laughs> well, cover.
0: Uh, we'll have to ask Greg Lemond about that.
1: <laughs> and um, other news out of the tour uh, tour down under was the uh, was Tom Boonen's going to be racing a disc bike for the rest of his career. And so I'm just gonna skip over that and act like I've never said that before because that's not the Tom Boone and I grew to love, man.
0: Yeah, I mean I didn't think Although, I would ever like actively think that he should have retired last year. <laughs> well, you know what it is, though?
1: That just proves how much of a consummate professional he is. That's that true. like you know specializes, like, hey, you need to talk about how awesome disc brakes are, and he's like, Oh, greatest bike I've ever ridden. Wish I would have done it fifteen years ago. And um the other uh, sticking point that I saw a Tour Down Under, I don't know if you saw this, Spencer, was the self-lubricating chain device. Oh, okay. I I did see this. Like, this is a little box that people are putting underneath their bottle cages, and then it regulates how much lube is going on the chain.
0: You know, that could be useful in a lot of situations, but I don't think that it's necessary on a bicycle, you know?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it just seemed a little strange. But anyway... Um, and then finally thing that we, uh, we're going to talk about is it's like cross world championships are around the corner. They don't oh do God. that in Europe. Crosshairs radio has done a lot of preview work. So if you want the expert opinions, go listen to our friend bill and, um, yeah. and his friends over at, they don't do that in Europe. In the most recent episode posted this morning, but Hoogerhide was this weekend and yep. with the two favorites Vout van art and, um, Michael um, Vanderpool not at the race. Well, they I mean, racing, were they?
0: physically. Vanderpool was there. Mentally, yeah, he it, was not there.
1: Like his dad was promoting the race, right?
0: I don't. I don't know. And then but Lars he started. Vanderhaar. He started well, and he faded pretty hard.
1: Lars Vanderhaar won. Lars Vanderhaar He's back. did. That was that? It
0: was great the return of the pocket rocket. He's and, back.
1: And the Telefidea Lions. Took the victory,
0: which was great. And on the well, women's side, Marianne. Yeah, now you buried the lead here. Not only did the Telenet Fidea Lions take the team, they swept the podium. Oh, did they sweep the podium? They did. I didn't watch the race. First, second, and third. That's ben impressive. Van and Van Kessel. Yeah, they crushed it. Uh, Sven had to be happy about that. Um Yeah. The women's race, it's, though, was also exciting. So.
1: Well, and Stephen Hyde and Carrie Warner were very close to each other in 27th and like 31st place. Um, it looked like yeah. there was kind of a field. They were about two and a half minutes off the uh, back at the end, but
0: yes, um, Stephen got boned again. Unfortunately, uh, he had a pretty good start, and somebody crashed in front of him, kind of slowed him down, so he missed that first group.
1: Very exciting for um, yep. Yep. <clears throat> that. The world are around the corner, and the big news. Marianne Voss takes the victory, but Mm -hmm. defending world champion um, from Belgium, Dijon, is uh, not going to be racing next week. Does that open the door for Katie Compton to take the victory? Or is it going to be maybe a Katarina Nash or Marianne Voss? What do you think?
0: Well, it definitely means uh, Dijon is not going to be defending, that's for sure. She ended up tearing some ligaments, so she is definitely 100% out of the race. Voss is looking like classic Voss, kind of unbeatable. Um but yeah, Compton, you know, could be there. She didn't have a great race in Hoogerhide. Uh I think uh you know a lot of people think Sanna-Kant, but I think uh Lucinda Brandt, if she's racing worlds, man she had a good ride in uh, in Hoogerhide and she could be this weird dark horse. I'm not hundred percent sure if she's racing worlds. Yeah. You
1: know, so. I just want someone not from Belgium to win. Any yeah. any field, I guess it'd be cool to see kind of a <laughs> a spread of the wealth, right? Like maybe yeah. French cyclocross takes a takes a stab. Maybe Ian Field comes out of nowhere and uh, takes the victory. How awesome would that be?
0: I Katie mean, Compton, he could he could definitely amazing. go off the far it would be enough to, uh, to be back at the front, I think.
1: Oh, if like Ian Field goes off the back and then is gets slapped before the one to go and then the commissar totally missed lost count. But yeah, they that just sounds miss amazing. Yeah.
0: They miss him. That could be good. Um yeah, those would be good. Um, I think the U twenty three women's race, that as mentioned on the on they don't do that in Europe, is probably gonna be the most exciting uh race. There's they are neck and neck in that, so it could really go any which way. Um,
1: so, any chances of a American taking the top step at the World Championships?
0: There's definitely chances in probably in the women's race. The best chance followed up by the U23s.
1: U23 uh, women or U23 men?
0: Probably U23 women. Uh, there's a there's a dark chance that it could be U23 men as well. I think like, Curtis White finished like tenth or something uh, this past weekend. So okay, not bad. Definitely respectable ride.
1: It'll be great to see a, a good result in our second ever na- uh, world champion in cyclocross. Um, so that will be uh, fantastic. It would be. And,
0: I want to see to see Van Der Heer pull it off.
1: Yeah, I'm not even going to pick someone. I'm going to pick Tom Boone and Tom Boone and Allen because that's where my thoughts are right now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be on the road next week, this week. I'm going to be heading up to Alabama. Um, I'm going to be heading to Huntsville, Alabama, Spencer. And I just checked to the old trusty – tim guide of monorails and people movers in the state of alabama in the city of huntsville has their own tram system so i am gonna get one of my unicorns knocked off the list tomorrow (laughs) or wednesday when i ride the wonderful huntsville hospital tram system i can't wait to tell you all about it and then before i know it i'll be in birmingham alabama i'll be seeing friend of the podcast jonathan crane um, where he's going to be uh, showing me a little bit about the uh, Birmingham bike scene. So I'm pretty excited about uh, all nice. of this uh, going on. So what well, do you got going well, on this week?
0: Well, I hope you can grind some gravel out there. It sounds pretty good.
1: <laughs> what do you have uh, going on?
0: This week, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting together with, uh, with Bill from Crosshairs and uh, getting that first episode of uh, How to Race Bikes Down. So.
1: Nice. And what's the topic?
0: Uh, yet to be decided. So uh, if you got suggestions, uh, send them in. All right, And with that, I think
1: everyone should just tweet at um, the Slow Ride Pod What the first edition of the all new How to Race Bike Bike um, podcast is about And I'm just going to suggest uh, How do you pin your number to your jersey without pinning it to your base layer? And then that would be uh, where we're at And with that, we <laughs> want to remind you to wave to all of your fellow cyclists No matter where they are out there on the road Even if they're on the sidewalk Because they're riding two wheels, which is awesome and uh, thank BK1 of RhymeStars Entertainment for the intro and outro music. We'd also like to uh, welcome uh, Little Guy's uh, newborn into the world of the Slow Ride podcast.
0: Yep. We'll let him make the official announcements on yeah. that uh, uh, when he returns. Um, yeah, going forward, we'll see. I'm not sure if he'll be back next week or when. Uh, we'll try and work, uh, work some guests and interviews and stuff in to buy him some time if we can or if we need to. Um, so you know, bear with us here while we uh, deal with little guy's life-altering <laughs> changes. And uh, you know, if we have to, we'll get uh, Mark, uh, the intern, back in here and uh, see if he see if he can pull some weight. And with that, we bid you adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast: Likes, Advice, and Rumors, Straight from the Source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at The Slow Ride